Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, uh, the podcast all about your first place, Philadelphia Union. Still first place. Still first place. Still kicking Brought it up. Brought to you by, uh, still kicking it up over there. That's that's the new catchphrase. Uh, brought to you by uh, the Beautiful Game Network podcast at bgn.fm on the interwebs and at the bgn.fm on the Twitters. Uh, also brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com and Golden Gold Press. Uh, speaking of Golden Gold Presses, a lot of things hot off of the press as it relates to the international call-ups in the Philadelphia Union. What a transition. What a transition. Nailed it. It's Nailed flawless. it. What I, flawless. What I didn't do, what I didn't do, see if I was actually a good podcast host, I would have done this first, is introduce the other people and myself, matter of fact, that are on this podcast tonight. Uh, I'm your host as most of the time, Evan Valella, might have my duties shifted after after that weak introduction, but really good uh, transition. So we're, 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 you know, one for two. Let us know. Let us know. At VFTBpod. Hit us up. See? I have you Still rated at a B- minus right now. I'll take That's that. I'll take scale. that. What's my what's my Audi podcast host index number? Oh God, don't. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, that voice that is now crunching numbers. Uh, I'm assuming uh, terribly fast is is our dear friend Paul Catrino Jr. Hi, Paul. Hi. I have done the math. Your Audi score is twelve. Keep going. Great. I think that's good. I think it's like golf. The lowest one wins. Right? Does anyone like know the... what's good on the Audi index scale? I, uh, higher numbers. Yeah, seem just to mean the highest something. number wins. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other person that's here is Justin Ashcraft. Hello. Hey, man. Hey, I'm here. Great. And we're talking about a first place team, which still feels really, really weird to say. Yeah. I, I honestly, <laughs> um, after the draw in Seattle, I was like, oh, doors open for, you know, DC or, or whatever to take it. And then no, no, they're all right. Just Maybe it's like fourth place. It's like fourth place in the Premier League this year. Nobody actually wanted it. Yes. It just happened to fall to a team at some point. <laughs> no, you take it. No, you yeah, take yeah. it. Hot potato with uh, with first place in the East, but the Union will take it, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, backtracking to that really good transition I made off the top. Uh, a couple of international news and things. The one that's most relevant to this country, literally. Uh, the U.S. U-20s, uh, their tournament taking place in Poland here in a bit. Mark McKenzie and Matt Real are both representing the the United States Youth International Club, with uh, Mark McKenzie today being announced the captain of the U20s, like he has been uh, for a bit now. I think I think pretty much his entire time actually up the youth ladder, he's been the captain of, of whichever team he's been on. So, uh, you know that U20 tournament is pretty prestigious for people that uh, pay attention to kind of youth clubs and things like that. So for Mark to be the the face of the United States team, who are expected to make a little bit of noise uh that's really good for him and obviously you know matt real who hasn't really cracked the first team getting international minutes at a meaningful level is only going to help him develop as a player and uh, and keep him match fit so um yeah guys any thoughts on that other than what i just said which was long-winded i mean i think mark mckenzie i mean i think that's obviously a good i think it's a good thing for mark mckenzie i mean i think that there is uh I mean, the reality is I think we, we saw him play most of last year. He definitely exerted or showed some leadership skills, some mm-hmm. some some captaincy tendencies last year. I mean, I think that they're, you know, he has a pretty level head on the field and um, all of that kind of stuff. And I think to the reemergence of one Jack Elliott, you know, he sort of lost his spot on the union field this time. But I think none of us are sitting here denying that he's not a good center back or he's not – 
somebody who can be with this union team for a while or lead a team well. So I think like it's great experience for him and it will be good to see him play meaningful minutes at the international level. Yeah, especially when there's no minutes guaranteed for him on the squad simply because the only thing that's always going to be consistent in your squad besides like your goalkeeper if they're not hurt, which is the worst example I can give right now because the Union have gone through like four, uh, is your center back pairing. You kind of want them to get all the reps together. You want them to get on the same page so their passing is crisp, that their cover is good, and... You know, McKenzie, it's funny that you talk about leadership because, you know, this a team can have multiple leader-type people on it. It's just you, there's always usually an alpha, and McKenzie doesn't get to be that alpha of this union team because mm. of his inexperience and his youth, and there's just people in front. No one's going to out-captain Bedoya. Like, you're not right. taking him off that perch. He'll fight you in a street for that title. Hmm. <laughs> But he gets a really nice opportunity to present his talents on a a really big stage. Like, people can't underplay the U-20 World Cup. It's where you see a lot of talent blossom in that tournament. And the U.S. should pull fairly well. And that'll do him wonders because it's the experience he needs. And he'll also get the appeal... or what is it, the eyes on him that the union need to be able to either switch him in when we eventually sell Austin Trusty for a bunch of money Mm -hmm. overseas, or Mm -hmm. you decide to sell McKenzie, which, you know, either or, it's kind of inevitable with these young center backs, but that's where you just got to profit, man. And that's how you can... (laughs) It's it's a business, man. Team's a business. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, the center back pipeline for the union isn't tapped at all either. Um, I mean, the other kid that they're really high on is Benefimu. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, he, I mean, he's he's bigger than Truss or McKenzie. Uh, and arguably just as athletic, which is horrifying. So, um, speaking of, uh, of of one of those two center backs in the, in the usual center back pair, pairing, uh, Abe, Abe reported, and if, if true, a very deserved contract extension for jack elliott cheers cheers well Uh, deserved multiple years for him i imagine that if when they put pen to paper and get it all sorted out we'll hear about it from ernst tanner himself in a uh in a twitter video or something but uh yeah you know another guy that they could honestly maybe sell abroad in in a year or two uh i know he's a little older than trust or mark is but you know he plays the ball really well this year. He's been an absolute force at the back line. Really dealt with a, a couple of really quality players in MLS and, and nullified them for the most part. Um, so yeah, good on him. And it's it's nice to see the union, you know, being able to lock up these young pieces too. If there's not a whole lot of interest, or even just you know, hey, this guy sees that there's a path with this team for success in, in MLS and wants to hang out and, and apply his trade here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where Jack is. I think that there's a reality that he's, you know, did the whole U.S. college thing. And yeah. that can kind of set your soccer career back. Not That's not a shot at him at all. I think he's sure. a really good center back and especially a really good center back for MLS. Um, not that people haven't made that move before or can't make that move, um, you know, if he wants to go back to England at some point. 
Um, you know, I'm sure that somebody in the championship or, um, you know, even one of these lower Premier League level teams, Mike could use him. But I think, like, he could be a really good center back in the MLS for a long, long time. And I think yeah. three, four years from now, he's one of the guys that we're talking about, like Matt Hedges, like, mm. um, you know, Omar Gonzalez used to be. You know, it's one of these center backs that people just know. And know that they're really good. Um, and I think he, he has a chance to become, you know, one of the premier center backs in this league. Mm. It's it's funny when you look back to a few years and you're looking at a potential future pairing. I think what we all thought was going to pan out as Keegan Rosenberry, Josh Yarrow, Jack Elliott, Matt Real. And he's the only one consistently getting minutes right now and making the <laughs> absolute most of them. I mean... Uh, and the, and what's uh, what's really good about the way he plays is he's not running down his body like every single game. Like he's not doing it right. with like pure athleticism and like drive and hustle. He's just got long strides and he's like not really breaking a sweat in a lot of these situations where mm. you know this if he decides to stick around in MLS, he will be top top five top ten defender in the league for. I'd say the good part of a decade, unless he felt the need to be more ambitious and go abroad. I mean, I think you definitely see the pace of the game pick up when you're over there, and I think that would be a weakness. I think that's just a weakness in his game is getting beat on his feet. But if you got the guy in front of you, you're not getting past him. He's like a wall. It's it's He's really nice to see. He's super smart. I mean, he plays the game very in a smart, smart way. Puts himself in good positions. It's just, it's not often that you see him in a bad position where he's going to give away a bad foul or or anything like that. He's usually in a pretty good position where he can just defend rather than going in recklessly. So I think he, and you know, the first couple games of the year, I mean, he had it, he had it rough with. With Ray Gaddis, but like yeah. he seemed to cover really well and and maintain good positions most of the time, and so I think he just for me he just continues to get better and better this season. I think every game, um, and even this past week, I mean he just looked really really strong. Um, yeah, he's a good center back. Here's my scathing take of the week: Ray Gaddis's poor defensive tracking while attacking made Jack Elliott mutate into a super smart defender. In covering position, it it's must little, it must help yeah. to have such a bad person in transition that you have to cover another half of your half of the field just yeah. to be considered a good defender. Therefore, uh-huh. Ray Gaddis's terrible defending made Jack Elliott a great defender. Mm-hmm. That was probably the coldest of your hot takes. So far this season, that was the coldest of your hot takes, only because your hot takes are notoriously just extremely hot. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh boys, oh boys, it's just warming up in summertime. All right, we're just getting there. Uh, Nah, this is this will not be a cringy episode. I'm I'm in a relatively good mood with this team. Nothing. That's good. Too crazy to go off about. Then let's uh, move on and and maybe talk about something that might make you feel even better or worse depending on on how you feel um gold cup rosters were announced kind of gradually over the end of last week and early this week um 
a couple interesting ones. I guess the three teams or the three players that uh, are union specific: uh, Marco Fabian with Mexico, Warren Cabal with uh, with Guyana, and Andre Blake in Jamaica all make the Gold Cup squad. Uh, Corey Burke would have done for Jamaica, I imagine, but he is not allowed back into the country, so he uh, obviously can't play in these games. Um, and even though there is games hosted in Kingston, Jamaica this year, uh, you know, there's no point in calling up a guy that's only going to be available for like two games. So, uh, no, interestingly enough, uh, I think we're all kind of like Marco Fabian on the gold cup roster. That's a little weird for Mexico. Um, but, uh, I did reach out to, uh, a good friend of mine, Eugene, uh, Rupinski, who knows way too much about Mexican soccer to get his kind of thoughts on that. Uh, and then I just saw on MLSsoccer.com that uh, Carlos Vela actually declined a spot on the Mexican team. So um, a couple things to unpack there with El Tri. But uh, guys, your thoughts on these guys getting the uh, the nods for their countries? Uh, I mean, I guess Vela really sees an opportunity to do something in this league that no one's done before. Uh, you, We're kind of spoiled when we get the Joseph Martinez is breaking off yes. for that many goals and whatnot, but right. Carlos Vela is absolutely on track to obliterate that record. Like his and, and he wanted he wanted younger blood in the team as well, was his reasoning. Or at least that's what he said. Um Yeah, and I I think it's it's a testament to where he sees his career at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really need to prove himself at the national level. He's, you know, a good enough player that, yes, obviously he would be selected for this team. But to be able... I think that's the allure, really, that comes with MLS. It's not like a pushover league, but you really can, if you have the skill set, be good enough to be one of the people we talk about for decades down the line. We're saying, dude, do you remember 2019... He absolutely right. obliterated MLS. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll always think so highly of Giovinco, but the nat- like the global s- scale of what he did for U.S. soccer is mm. just not felt around there. But we can appreciate it. And I think right. Carlos Vela is turning into one of those attractions where you have to watch LAFC games. Like yes. You just do. And I wish I was talking this way about Marco Fabian, because he is also <laughs> a designated player in MLS. And he sure. has done Jack Squad. I'm not. I. I must have such a different opinion of Fabian than you guys, but I just feel like I mean I'm not surprised that Fabian got called to the Mexican no. roster. I don't. I don't think there's any surprise about that. I think, no. yeah, especially no, me, when me, you no, look at definitely. when you look at when you look at Ross typical Gold Cup rosters, whether it's U.S. or uh, U.S. or Mexico, both and of them. Not, not, not to mention these are the forty man too. Like these right, are just right, preliminaries. Right, right. Like these are yeah. not that yeah. not that Fabian won't make the twenty three, but right. these are just kind of like, hey, here's people that I might take a look at. Right, but Mexico typically brings a A minus slash B plus squad. Oh, this to the Gold this Cup. is gonna be this is gonna be their B team. So it's like it's not it's not like they, I mean it's not like they bring their like best best eleven right, to. Right. The Gold Cup, and I don't, and the U.S. doesn't either. I mean, the U.S. generally brings a few veterans, and then brings a bunch of young guys, and you know, with the inclusion of like Keegan Rosemary two years ago, 
you know, I think Joe Gaiu this year. Yeah, I think it's just like they bring these they bring these guys who like haven't proven themselves necessarily. I mean, Andrew, Andrew, what's his name from um, Celtic who is on loan in the USL? Andrew Uh, Gutman is on the is on the forty roster for US. I think it's like I think it's just I mean I think it's just one of those things that we're not going to see your best eleven or your World Cup eleven. You're going to see. A, a veteran, a, a mix of veterans who can get things done and young players who can maybe make things happen, right. depending. And, and like, to be fair, to Marco be Fabian fair. Is, is going to play a different position with Mexico. He's going to be a little bit deeper lying behind probably Lozano. Um, and, I mean, he has more chemistry with that team than he does with the Union because he's been playing for, you know, FMF for... Uh, you know what, eight, nine years now. He's yeah. he's absolutely pushing it. So I I think what we might end up seeing, which will be which will be really nice and a bit of a boon for the union, if he goes to the Gold Cup, plays decently well, he comes back and then it's basically a, another midseason signing for the union. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing that's kind of nice is that we've shown that we can play and win without Dre this year. Like absolutely, you know, uh, which is exciting. It's funny how <laughs> when we think back to uh, typical union teams, it was always the defensive side that has been the liability. Right. When we get these, you know, small roster situations, and right. you can put either of these goalkeepers in net, and they're <laughs> yeah. most likely just going to be okay, right? You know, with it, um, with what you have in front of you. Yeah, Craval, another guy, like, super uh, super cool story, if anyone hasn't read up on it, uh, about him and Guyana. Um, another guy that's a, that's a stalwart for that team, Andre Blake, the same way. What's really cool is, uh, what is it, Leon Bailey and Ravel Morrison are also going to be in that Jamaica side? Hmm. Which will be interesting. Leon Bailey, one of the, the more exciting young wingers who plays for Bayer Leverkusen right now. And uh, Ravel Morrison, who uh, Alex Ferguson once called the best youth talent he'd ever seen in his life. Yeah. Who is now in, uh, in what, Sweden, I think? Yeah, um, it's not necessarily that he hasn't lived up to that. He's just, he's taking his time no, he, with it. He's taking, he's taking his time. He's taking his yeah. time. With uh, it. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's nice. Like, I, I would have loved to see, um, I guess going back to the U-20s, I would have loved to see Aronson get on that team, but at the same time, if, if he's going to produce the way he has been for the Union, then I'm okay with not having to give him up. Um, yeah. He can he can wait two years. Yeah, he, he'll just... Mm. <laughs> postmark him for Qatar or whatever. Yeah, right. Well, he'll technically yeah. still be eligible for it back in two years, right? If, for what? U-20s. Under 20. U-20. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he could he could be the captain of that team. But, you know, I mean, who knows what he'll be doing in two years. Yeah, right. I mean, the so, Olympics will be around that time. Yeah. We have a Barcelona will need a messy replacement team. around that time. Yeah, they're going to pick an American. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Not a kid that they brought up through La Messi or anything. They're just going to be like, oh, that kid. Let's do it. Speaking of speaking of the that Guyana team that Warren Craval is on, one Jordan Dover from the Pittsburgh Riverhounds also oh. made that 40-man roster. How about that? Ah, very nice. It's an exciting exciting thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Crossover. Uh, (laughs) Every, uh, every, um, 
MLS team is represented in the Gold Cup in some way, shape, or form. It's pretty nice impressive. Pretty impressive. Which which is stunning if you think of the Colorado Rapids as a team that play in MLS. They don't. I mean, I agree with you, but they don't. They're also not. I mean, it's not eleven scrubs. I that are I really for that wanted team. you to finish that sentence with. Are also not bad. No, no, they're <laughs> they're not eleven scrubs that play for that team. There are no, some good they're not. There's team. ten and Jonathan Lewis. Um, yeah. So you know, good on him for making the U.S. Roster preliminarily. And Evan just called Keegan Roseberry a scrub. Cool. Uh, no, no, no. He's just, taking, mean, he's just taking just his time with it. it. I'm he's throwing it out there. In that system that he was playing in, it was not great. Like, I, yeah. Anytime you make one of your fullbacks a center back, you're you're asking for it. Yeah. Speaking of asking for it, uh, man. The union were asking a lot of questions of Stefan Fry, and let me tell you, if his backline was not as, or if, if the, sorry, let me, if his team is not as good as they are, like if Rui Diaz and Lodero and Jordan Morris weren't on that team, like if he was just playing for like Colorado and making all these saves, everyone would think he's the best keeper in the league. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities between Stefan Fry with the Sounders now and like Andre Blake two or three years ago. Where it's like, man, he's doing a lot for this team. Yeah, he's he's rather ridiculous when it comes to because the kinds of save he makes and the volume at which he does it. It's good lord, the Union should have won this 2-0 probably. But Casper uh, heads it straight at the keeper. Aronson can't find the target necessarily, which uh, is a little frustrating, but I'm glad he's getting the shots off. And then Madunian in with a, with a hell of a free kick that Fry does well to, to tip over. Honestly, Evan, I really yeah. thought you were going to start this by saying, speaking of asking for it, the Seattle defense yeah. was absolutely asking for it, and the Union brought it at them. That's too. All night that long. Too. Yeah. You, it's really hard to place a team like, given the talent they have, it's hard to place mm-hmm. a team like Seattle way ahead of the Philadelphia Union right now because right. they they couldn't do anything. They could not counter against the Union at all. It was like they yeah. it's like they had never played against a high press before. And mm-hmm. I've never seen a team be so dominant all around and be okay with a 0-0 draw. Like I sat there sure. for 90 minutes and I watched a 0-0 draw happen and I felt good about it because Seattle yeah. is a team that can th- absolutely threaten you at any given moment with their talent alone and I know that they had squad rotation issues with that showdown against Orlando yeah and, and there was a couple guys Mark Schmetzer said that were fasting for Ramadan so they didn't want to play them on, on short notice they were they were shorthanded gotta have food in your tummy if you're gonna play That's true. have something in there Mm-hmm. That said, though, Philadelphia did a fantastic job they playing did. at Seattle, uh, playing at them in their own home to yeah. a near sell. What I believe it was a sellout crowd. It was officially a yeah. sellout. Yeah, you can't ask for more from this team right now because it's such a raw product to begin with. Mm. Given the mm. fact that half of these guys were not in the rotation to start the year. Well, right. starting the year in general, but man, 
that's the Seattle Sounders yeah. with high-quality talent at every position. Right. And the Union took it to them. And, and I mean, you know, they should. that's... Any team should be nervous to play this team yeah. right now. Mind you, that's a Seattle team that, you know, looking at their MLS history, never missed the playoffs. Won the championship in 2016, runners-up 2017, conference semifinals 2018. Like, you know, three-time Open, or uh, sorry, four-time Open Cup champions. Like, you know, made the Champions League a couple times. It's, they're a, they're a, a good team with a lot of really strong history. Not only, you know, just at MLS, but obviously in, in NASL and, and things like that. Uh, so, you know, for the Union to... I don't know, maybe exercise some demons and to really prove their legitimacy uh, against Seattle. And they get another chance to do that coming up on Saturday against Portland. Um, but for a nil-nil draw to feel like a, a win instead of a, a loss, or, or to have a nil-nil draw where you're on the front foot for most of it, is really different for the Union, and that's a positive sign. That's how sure. you know you're having a really good season. A really good season because it can never be perfect but in a really good season when you tie the really good good teams yeah. and you do a really good good job of it yeah it's a good good result right there yep. everyone's gonna think i have a stuttering problem after this podcast that's all right <laughs> wait uh, you don't no. i what? think <laughs> it was interesting what you said evan about demons being exercised and i think it's i think it's just interesting like where this team is as far as that goes I think that there's like, um, like there's not a whole lot of people on this team who have those demons to exercise, right? Like, no, Brennan, like Ray, maybe Jim, and I guess Jim, Jim maybe, um, you know, maybe a little bit of Jack, and maybe a little bit of Dre, and maybe I mean Dre, Dre, obviously, and maybe a little bit of Brendan as a fan, you know, essentially fan for the last. Yeah, Five. I mean, if you want to make the like any of the any of the kids that were in the academy stretch, I guess you could do because they were, you know, legally speaking, as far as MLS is concerned, they were in the organization. So yeah, I, you know. But what I what I think on top of that though is first hand experience at, is what you're you're yeah, talking about, and you're looking at a striking, you know, look, you're looking at a striking partnership that we wanted to see that, yep. like, they don't. They don't know Seattle from Orlando, you know, like, and, right. like whatever. <laughs> as far as right. like, it's like, them, oh look, I'm people sure, can I get hope they out know where Seattle and Orlando are, but they, I'm sure, I'm sure they at least have a general idea of of where those two places are regionally. But I, I understand that you know, two guys that probably weren't super from here. I'll, I'll make it easy for you. Two guys that would not care what the Open Cup was in 2014, right? <laughs> When the Union <laughs> lost to the Seattle Sounders. They'd be right. like, oh, the golf thing? I mean, you know, if yeah. that. But, right. The Open right. Cup. <laughs> I, and, like, and Montiero, uh, Medunian, and, like, Wagner, right. these guys don't care. Bedoya they just, even, they're just going to go dominate the team that's across the field from them. Right. And right. that's what happened on Saturday. So I just, right. like, I don't, I mean, I feel really good about this game and the way the team played. I thought we looked on the front foot, you know, most of the game. And, like, I mean, I just think that's good to see. I mean, I think that there are so many times over the past five years where you look at the union and you're like, that was a really good game. But if we had this one other player 
but if we did mm. this one other thing, but if the tactics were changed a little bit, but if, well, but this game is like, we just didn't score goals. Like right. that was yeah, literally just the, the only ball didn't go in the, the net. Well, and it wasn't even that. It was oh my god, their keeper. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. which hey, I'm sure we've had plenty of teams that, that the union have played in the last two years where we absolutely stole a draw from them, Same. and they went. Oh, if that team didn't have Blake, they'd be nothing. Yeah. Think of all the people that hate Andre Blake across MLS. Your man in, in Colorado last year or the year before. Mm. Where Dre made that huge save off the free kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you that happens. Like I said, you cannot have a perfect season. You can mm. have a really good season where these kinds of results, you're looking at going, awesome job. Next. Here okay. we go. Yeah. Next. And then, yeah. It sort of felt like the Cincy game, right? That we like yep. almost put everything past Spencer Ritchie, but he somehow saved everything until we finally got two goals past him. Right. And it just happened that this one we didn't get two goals past Evan Fry or even one. But like I don't think you're looking at one of the best keepers in the league by far. Mm. I mean, like you're looking at somebody on that plateau of of Stefan and and you know, like those were the guy. Yeah. Those are the guys right. that people talk about as really good keepers in this league. And so I think I'm okay with not having somehow not got one past him. You know, right. as long as he, we do it in a dominating way. I th- I think Fry, if you look at his body of work over the last uh, three or four years, I suppose he's entering like Ramondo Robles. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. That kind of, like, Jimmy Nielsen kind of territory. Yes, absolutely. Um, which, I mean, you know, if, if there's a guy that keeps you off the score sheet and he's of that ilk, more or less, you can't complain too much. Uh, yeah. You also, have to thinking... think of, you also have to think of this from a playoffs perspective. Like, say, sure. the Union just have to get into the playoffs. And if they have a team that plays with such a high pressure and a knowledge of where their teammates are going to be and how they're going to yeah. end up moving into spaces with the ball, it doesn't matter if you put them past it, if you don't put a goal past a team in one game because our defense is so strong that they're not going to get one past us in that game as well. And then guess mm. what? You get another fixture to do the same thing. And yeah. I will take the Philadelphia Union getting more chances than another team nine times out of ten in this league. Anyone they go against, they are going to get more of the chances. And I think these players just need to show their skill. Like, I'm not rushing I'm not rushing to Twitter typing up in all caps that the Union need a DP striker right now because I believe Casper Shabilko gets good enough chances that he'll get yeah. that without having played the entire season. I'm fairly confident in his technical ability and his prowess in the air that he'll get there. And we won't even have to worry about this in about a month or so. Because yeah. this team... They build up so well. Their, their spacing is near flawless, and it, it's undeniable when you look at the tape. It really is. It, it's ridiculous to see, because given last year when you're what you're seeing from Ernie Stewart's Philadelphia Union, dude, it's aggressive, it's fast, it, and they put so much trust in these young kids and they're paying it off in dividends, which is why other teams are having such a hard time preparing for it because they think they can incite these mistakes in these young players and they're just mm. not budging. They're not budging. Mm. And there's enough, there's enough experience on that field. You look at Bedoya, you look at Medunian and 
Like, these are guys who have experience. They've played a long time. You look at a guy like Jack Elliott, who now has a couple years in this league. Uh, right. And then you look at a guy like Ray Gaddis, who's been around a long, long time. He's seen a lot of MLS over the years. And yes. I think, like, there's enough experience that just says, nope, we can do this. We're going to settle down. You know, if we need to settle down right now and play slow for a few minutes, we'll play slow for a few minutes. But, like, as soon as they get the ball back, we are going to go on the chase again. And so I think that there's – there's just so much experience, but there's so much freshness on this team, too. And, like, Paul, what you're saying, too, I think, like, yes, Shabilko has showed that, like, he has the ability to do this, and I think he's going to get there as well. But I also think there's another, like, there's Sergio Santos, too, who hasn't figured out this league quite yet, hasn't right. hasn't got a whole lot of experience because of the injuries. Yeah. I think those two, and then you throw this, like, late-game sub or switch of Fafa, and if he starts ever putting balls in the back of the net this season at a pace, like we're going to start putting goals in the back of the net. And I'm not sure it's going to be a problem. You know, I, I'm not sure this is going to be a problem in too many games going forward that we draw zero zero game that we actually dominated most of the game. And I don't think this is even over optimistic thinking either. Like it's not no. me just being like, nah, you know what? I only, I watch this team so much that I think, yeah, it's good enough. I, j I put Casper's ceiling a little higher than Sergio's right now, but I'm still fairly confident that yeah. if Santos figures it out, he'll get close to 15, probably, fi yeah, right around there, you know? And, you know, Fafa has shown that he can do it, but he's just going to have to do it in a different way this year. He's going to be running at mm -hmm. tired bodies. He's going to go. Yeah. At, he's gonna have to go at an elevated, like, Get on the field, and for 20 minutes, you're a madman. Like, run at this opposition. And I think he'll have fun with that. You know, if it's for the sake of being a top-tier MLS team this year. So, I think that it seems to be the goal of all these players right now. That they're buying into this wholeheartedly. But, I just, I don't think there's a striker issue. I don't think people should be rushing to that conclusion just because we didn't put one no. past Stefan Fry in a game where Seattle played with five defenders. Right. Paul, to your point, because when you said, you know, you, you think that we're going to get more, um, by God, we're going to get more chances than everybody this year. Uh, shots, 20 for the Union, six to Seattle. <clears throat> That's to satiate, ridiculous. To, to satiate the hockey fans that'll go, well, shots don't count unless they're on goal, six to one in favor of the Union. That's also ridiculous. Five of those shots were blocked, by the way. So, um, yeah, I, if you ever want to have a really fun time, look at the heat or the uh, the shot chart of the Union games this year, uh, which you can do if you go to any any game that's happened in MLS this season. Just hit stats, and it'll be right there for you. Uh, speaking of shot charts and and stats and things. Your Philadelphia Union uh, welcome the Portland Timbers to Talon Energy Stadium uh, a week before Portland opens up the new and improved Providence Park. How can that Oregon. park even get improved? It's beautiful, uh, man. It's, it's uh, they're building up pretty pretty much straight up on it. If, if a fran if a franchise ever deserved it, it was Portland's because yeah. their yeah, fans yeah. are nuts over there. <laughs> um. So, Philadelphia Union and the Portland Timbers coming up uh, Saturday, May 25th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, let's sell out town again. That was fun. Do that again. Uh, previous five for these teams. 
boys, this it's been a while. Fourth of August, Portland three, Philly nil. Uh, that was last year, April eighth to twenty seventeen, Portland three, Philly one. Uh, September seventeenth to twenty sixteen, Portland two, Philly one. July eleventh, twenty fifteen, the last time the Philadelphia Union beat the Portland Timbers by a score of three to nil, and the game before that, March eighth, twenty fourteen, one one draw. Uh, Portland come in. Uh, off of a loss against, I believe, the Vancouver Whitecaps and then a draw against the Houston Dynamo. Your Philadelphia Union, obviously unbeaten now in six. Yes. Which is amazing. Uh, the Union holding court at home. Uh, Seattle only had like 30-something percent of the ball. So, uh, boys, there's a couple of very dangerous men on this on this team. Uh, Jeremy Ebebise is, is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, Diego Valeri obviously is a very, very dangerous man, as is Sebastian Blanco. Uh how are we feeling? And do we think that, I suppose the question for, for Portland, or if you're a Portland fan listening to this podcast, hello, uh, is there finally going to be, are we finally seeing some fatigue of them being on the road all year up to this point? Uh, I mean, it's going to happen with a lot of these teams that are nestled in the corner of the country, you know, for us. Sure, sure. For us, I mean... We're, we're almost there, but definitely not as buried as Portland is. Well, um, and I mean, they've been literally unable to play at home, is why I asked. You know, it's not it's yeah. not just that they're up in the pack northwest. It's that they literally haven't... Had know, a home. <laughs> MLS hasn't had the option to schedule them at home. It's not like they're just not doing it. So it's, it's a little tricky, um, you know, because, like, I, we were saying at the beginning of the year, like, it was nice that we got, what was it, the, uh, the Galaxy road trip out of the way, or we already made one or two of our western you know, our far point travel trips. Yeah, most of them were happening happening early. And, right, you know, we right. get them out of the way and we're starting to develop more chemistry in the later games that these road trips don't matter. Well, how the hell are you supposed to develop chemistry <laughs> at an effective rate if you don't ever get the chance to do that in front of a home yeah. crowd? Right. I mean, and it's like... It's, it's not easy. It's not easy playing in front of any other fan base, given... Right. The Philadelphia Union fan base. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I think, like, you look at Portland and obviously, like, the success or the history of success is there. Yes. And, like, just even flipping through their schedule, like, yes, they lost to Vancouver. Yes, they tied Houston. Like, Houston is not a bad team, No. first yeah. of all. Like, that's a tough team, and that's right. a tough out in the West every single year. Yeah. Um, and then you go back in their schedule. They've beaten Toronto. They've yeah, they like Columbus. They've beaten Columbus, so like they're beating good teams um, at times. Right. And so, is there? Am I worried about this game? No, because I think the Union can match any of those teams this year with the talent they yes. have on the field. So I'm not looking at this game and going, "Oh my gosh, this is another Union loss." Like I have in the years past. Uh, but I also think like we have to continue to stay at the top of our game. And that's what mm-hmm. I think I love about this team more than anything is I think that there's they're not going to settle at this point. You know, I don't I don't right. think I don't think Brandon Aronson is one that's like, "Oh good. We got to like, you know, 10 games, 12 games in and we're top of the table in the East. Like, we'll coast yeah. through the rest of the season." Like, I don't think he's satisfied with that. And I'm not sure there's anybody, you know, Bedoya was beside himself. Right. At the end of the game on Saturday, you know, like, yeah, he is not, he's not happy with 
you know, draws and, and losses. There's so. there's enough. I mean, we, we've talked about the veteran presence on this team to death. So, uh, you know, it, and, and obviously having that helps. But it's not just that they're veterans. It's we yeah. have enough veterans that know when they were clearly better than a team that they played and are really mad they didn't put them to the sword. <laughs> speaking, Which of, is speaking of crazy. one, but Alejandro Bedoya was yeah. livid after the yeah. game on Saturday. Yeah. Which is really funny to me because, you know, we've we've done the, I think, early days for the Union. We've done the, all right, there's a bunch of, you know, veteran guys on this team uh, who have been around or, or whatever. And then we tried to do it the other way and we went super young and played some money ball. And now we have a really good blend. Uh, but to think that, like, our veteran guys are like, yo, we didn't score three, I'm pissed off. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that would never, I, I would have never guessed, like, oh, hey, you know, Seattle came into town. It's like, all right, what happened? Well, you guys were the much better team. All right, well, maybe. Like, is, you know, is Ladero not there? They're missing all their star players. No, no, no. Like, uh, Stephen Fry stood in his head and you could have won 3 nothing. Oh. Uh, well, we played cool. we played Nani midweek, so, like, you know. Right. It's a yeah. really big deal. Yeah. The one player on Orlando's team that is any good at this game. Which is uh, just so sad. Yeah. So very sad. Yeah, I mean, I just I just think, like, I mean, and I loved Bedoya on Saturday. I loved how mad he was. I loved how mm-hmm. pissed off he was. I don't think that always, like, in a, I don't think in every game that translates no. to something positive, the way no, that Bedoya can it... get. But Saturday, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought that there yeah. were times where we clearly wasted a pass in the final third or took a shot from 30 yards that wasn't good and like yes that goes into the 20 shots that we had but like I would rather us take a high percentage pass or cross to the other side of the box where there's an open player and and I know Bedoya was that open player several times um so it's hard it's kind of hard to balance like do you are you okay with him being mad but also I felt like he had a really an actual reason to be mad this time um, at times. I think it was also, a, a, it's a combination of he's mad at his team and he's also mad at himself, you know, right, like right. not, a, not asserting himself enough in a, je- in a sense where he is the go-to guy, you know, because they're always forgetting about Bedoya making these late runs into the box. And he's always finding the space to, you know, put himself in a good position to score. And he's shown us that he can score when he gets into those positions. It's just the attacking talent that surrounds him it almost creates a shadow over him that defenses don't realize and his own teammates don't realize i think that's why he has to be so vocal all the time it's like right. you have to remind you almost have to remind people that alejandro Bedoya is making such an, a meaningful impact on the team because he's such a sneaky he's such a sneaky player he yeah. really is and i don't think i'll ever really get have a problem with him getting angry because for me it's just hunger you know it's just genuine hunger to be like come on let's next level like we're striving towards something that's beyond just mid-tier like we want to go to the top and when you talk about brendan aronson being complacent like there's no way he's gonna be there's no way he's gonna be, be complacent he's 18 years old dude if anything this kid just realized Oh wow! I can ball out in a professional league. I'm gonna start <laughs> going absolutely ham on people. His um, 
tackle to beat dude off dribble to shot or whatever was incredible. Uh, like, that was like uh, later on. That was uh, to be that guy because I'm not gonna say not to be that guy because <sighs> I'm gonna be that guy. He's been good for a while. Like he's been a very poor kept secret to people that have followed the academy or even even that have popped in to, to watch Bethlehem. Uh, I I had no idea that he was going to transition this well. Yeah. Sometimes. So in in that sense, you know, it's not that he was such a terribly kept secret. It was you saw the tangibles there in his game. Right. And you, you saw, just you don't know what happens when you pick up that player and you put him at yeah. the next level because that's basically what the union did. They told him, "You're done playing in this league. You're now yeah. playing in this league. Also, you're starting over Marco Fabian, right? Right? <laughs> in a professional well, in a professional team <laughs> against like, Atlanta in Atlanta right, against Atlanta. Right. And uh, if you could score a goal, that'd be super. Yeah." Well, and like, I mean, Justin, obviously you saw him too, but the, yeah. the thing that, that, that it always was in USL and that always got stressed to me and that I always stressed to other people, he has he has really good technical skills. Like, his footwork is insane. He has really soft feet. He knows how to hit a pass. But it was, all right, can he deal with the physicality? Because they're going to test him. Because that's how MLS works, is if you're a rookie, and especially if you're an 18-year-old or, or younger, they're, they're going to body you. It's just sports. Uh, can he deal with that? And then, and then, Paul, like you said, like there's a lot of pressure because the midfield that he's playing with makes you know a significant amount of money, uh, and there's going to be some ex- expectations for him to play at that level. It's the internet. It's like the international level of you're playing alongside a guy who's played for the United States national team, a right. guy who reminds you of N'Golo Kante in a couple <laughs> years when he freaking pans out. And the guy who's played for Bosnia Herzegovina, you look right. like the odd name out in that right. midfield. So now oh, you have and- extra incentive to be like, I need to prove that I belong next to these names on a <laughs> team sheet. And I mean, you're only replacing. Uh, let's see here, uh, a former Swiss national team uh, and a former Czech Republic national team. Like, it wasn't just like. Oh, uh, hey, Marco Fabian and and, uh, and Harris Baduninen and Alejandro Badoya and Jamiro Montero are here. Uh, also, like, Tranquillo Barnetta was here. And, like, if you could do some, like, Vincent Nogueira stuff, that'd be cool. And um, and Borg Dodgecall was here. Like, <laughs> They're all he not had, pushovers. Brendan Aronson had no reason. The only, <laughs> the only, like, position on the union besides maybe, like, goalkeeper that's been, like, consistently good, like, since their inception. And, and like, what's crazy about that is you look at teams around the league, around the yeah. world who have like that sort of thing going, right? Like Barcelona goes out and pays ungodly amounts of money for yeah. Philip Felipe Coutinho, Coutinho yeah. who was like for several years the best attacking midfielder in the Premier League. Yes. And what has he done since he's been at Barcelona? Right, because everyone's right. looking and going, "Wait, you're not Xavi." Like right, 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 and like it'd be pretty easy. Like <laughs> and and I mean, how many examples across the world? Like you look at you know uh, Chelsea, and and this is a little different, but Chelsea, you know, uh, oh, we don't need Kevin De Bruyne and send him off to Wolfsburg. That's cool. Then he comes back with Manchester City, and when he's healthy, he's you know the best midfielder in the world, maybe, or you know even in even in in uh, in MLS. Hell, 
You know, oh, oh, uh, Miguel Amiron got sent off to Newcastle. Well, we need another big name, uh, you know, creative guy. So let's bring in Pity Martinez. He has not quite panned out. Uh, I drafted him with the fourth pick in my fantasy league this year in Whoops. a snake draft, and I'm yeah. super duper disappointed in myself. Whoops. Yeah, sorry, bud. It's okay. You know what? So there's enough yeah. to get me by. That <laughs> it's not a pity that I drafted pity. So do uh do we have a golden consensus on this week? You know what? I don't think we do. I uh, guys, we didn't win a game, and I'm not angry at anyone on this team. Isn't that weird? Except no, Corey Burke. Except Corey Burke for not being here. Uh, for Corey not being Burke there for his team. <laughs> Golden can say Sal for the rest of the season. That's right. <laughs> no matter what happens, you're taking up a, oh. you're taking up salary on this team. You know what, sir? Mm, you're not even there for the games. Can you even watch them in Jamaica? Do you have ESPN Plus? Does Do you even care? There? Do you even care to get ESPN Plus to watch this team? I mean, I you should probably. Therefore, I mean, irrational prob- can say Sal to Corey Burke. He'll All probably right. be. He's probably sitting there in Jamaica going. Am I even gonna make the eighteen when I come back? <laughs> right. Am I gonna have yeah. to beat? Am I really gonna have to beat out Mitchie Galena for the eighteen? I'll send you dial-up spoilers with the terrible Wi-Fi in Jamaica. You're not making the eighteen on this team. You can go back to Bethlehem. It's fine. I think. I think Paul's hottest take is that like there's no internet in Jamaica. <laughs> that's right. I think. I think that's been they Paul's hottest it. take they of the episode is that their infrastructure is really terrible. As Paul forgets that you know. However many thousands, if not maybe millions of Americans travel down the Jamaica to vacation every year. Nah, it's only in the hotels. It doesn't exist. I mean, you know. <laughs> I have such a blind uh, eye to, I have such a blind eye to the world. Hot to, his hottest really, take is still if Andre Blake was the better teammate, but That's true. Guys, that, yeah, yeah. I I did say this episode though. So Guys, I'm telling you, man. He he uh, got pretty lucky with that nice defense in front of him. He better start pulling this weight. Do do uh I, I almost shudder to question Paul if he has any any uh, predictions for this game where the uh, Philadelphia Union take on axe handle tree fallers. Tree fallers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Um. Well, because their crest is just an axe. Yes. You know, and and then and they cut trees. Yeah, that's what you say when you cut a tree. Alright, my rational oh boy. prediction is uh-huh. 2 nothing to the Great. Philadelphia Union. Um, uh-huh. I think you're going to see Bedoya goal and a Casper goal. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be rather nice. Um, probably get about 60% of the possession. Just, um, I, think they're a be- I think Portland's a better counter-attacking a team than Seattle. Yeah. Seattle can just dominate games when they want to, but they clearly didn't want to against the Union. Right. So I expect them to be a little a little complacent in their approach. They'll try to attack us. Andre Blake will get tested, and he'll, he'll earn his place back in this Philadelphia Union squad, which will be nice to see. Andre uh, Blake will earn his place? <laughs> Is that what I just heard? 
That's oh right. my god, That's Paul! Right. Why did I let you do that, Justin? Please insert some. some my irrational scoreline is seventeen to nothing. Corey Burke flies right. back on a plane, crashes wow. into the river, and no one gets hurt, and he scores fifteen goals to put himself I'm, in the elite striker conversation of Major League I'm Soccer. At least, I'm at least glad that in your just completely rational and clearly satirical uh, hot take, you did in fact make sure to specify that no one got hurt. No one got hurt. Oh my that gosh. Good. That was good. It's, uh, it's in that to- it's in that top part that's right behind the Palm. Sons of Ben. There's like a Palm there's Dunlady. like a ten foot landing strip. Paul, 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 moving on. You're just not on. thinking of the Paul. logistics of Paul. it. Paul, I'm moving on. I'm moving um, on. all right, Evan, you can move on. Prediction, prediction. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me land on that. Paul Justin said uh, two to nothing in his actual prediction. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm glad that that Paul, you know, was like, yeah, it's cool. Take her home. You know, I, I really, I needed him to sign off on that one, like a parent at a elementary <laughs> school field trip. You guys are clearly the hot sauce of this show, so let me let's yeah. finish it off with some spice. Mm-hmm. Two to one. Great. You Thanks, need. Justin. Who's gonna score? Who's gonna score? Uh, I think. Uh, I think Brendan gets one this yeah. week. Yeah. And I think Badunian hits one of his free kicks. All right. That'd be really nice to see. Justin, we're He's we're due. in a similar uh, we're in a similar line of thinking. I'll actually agree with Paul's scoreline of two nothing. Now, what I will say is, I was thinking to myself, boy howdy, uh, as as I do, that's how I refer to myself. That's how I start conversations with myself. Uh, I went, man. You know, Brendan Aronson's probably due for one here, especially after that performance. And the other thing that I think is interesting is the Portland Timbers, in March, had two red cards in back-to-back games. Diego Chara got sent off against the uh, Los Angeles Football Club. Like he does. And uh, and Larry's uh, Mabiala got sent off against Foosball Club Cincinnati, which is their official uh, My second-round pick after taking Pity Martinez. So I've had an abysmal year. That's that was really a weird. tough thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, now, what would make those two gentlemen who were um, a little bit, uh, I'll say known for their, their tempers, uh, what would make those guys a little upset is if there was an 18-year-old doing really cool things on a soccer field and embarrassing them. Let me turn you I, around by taking this touch the other way that you yeah. thought I was going to go. Right. Wow, I this 18-year-old kid has six eyes in his head and four yeah, of them are in the back of his head. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really annoying. I think Portland sees someone get sent off here. Okay. I And I think uh, yeah. I think I think Aronson gets a goal and I think uh, I think Casper gets a goal and I think the Philadelphia Union win 2 nothing comfortably from the friendly confines of Talon Energy Stadium uh, without any semblance of a plane crash or any other terrible accident happening right uh, in the Delaware River. Yeah. You're just not thinking of the logistics of the No, I am thinking of the logistics, and when you think of logistics, things should go smoothly. I don't even think I'm using logistics right. I don't think you are. <laughs> but that's okay, buddy. I forgive you. We have a fun hey, podcast. Um, if someone wants to message us on Twitter and, and maybe write out the definition of the word logistics, they can do. It's at VFTBpod. Yeah, that's right. I've said it right again. And twice this episode. Got one in earlier. Uh, 
yeah, for Justin, for uh, for Paul, for Chuck, who is not here, he's had flight things. If you if you follow his Twitter, Chuck is uh, in Mormon can... country right now. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, but if you follow his Twitter, you can see all about that. But he is sending his good vibes and uh, and good energy after that nil nil draw. We'll catch up to you guys after the game against Portland, uh, 7.30 from Talon. Don't forget to tune in uh, on your television, but go there if you can. It's Dollar Dog Night, eh? Oh, I will. So I really I will, hope they don't run out. I will be watching this from the uh, hometown of one Zarek Valentin, who plays for the oh. Portland Timbers. Very mm. nice. Nice little tie-in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, this has been Views from the Bridge, uh, you know, the podcast about your first place, Philadelphia Union, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Goal Press. Golden Goal Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, the Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and bgn.fm slash viewsfromthebridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.